Welcome to STS 101, Introduction to Social Development. Ito po ay isang series kung saan meron tayong iba't ibang podcast na pwede ninyong pakinggan kung saan merong mga explanation at mga lecture notes na ibigay namin sa inyo. Ang una po nating lecture is ang Unit 1, The Meaning and Nature of Development. Pero bago tayo magsimula, let's just go through the copyright notice. This material has been reproduced and communicated to you by or on behalf of the University of the Philippines pursuant to the Copyright Law of the Philippines or the Republic Act 8293 or the Intellectual Property Code of the Philippines. The university does not authorize you to reproduce or communicate this material. Kaya po, gamitin lang po natin ang mga materials na naibigay para sa pag-aaral ng SDS 101. Maraming salamat. Ang mga faculty in charge for this course includes myself, Professor Ron J. P. Dangkalan, our Department Chair of the Department of Social Development Services, Professor Clarice C. Pulumbarit, and our incoming Assistant Professor Marife B. Dapita. To those of you who are freshmen and alam po natin na ilan na sa DEVCOM, uh, let's just go through a little bit about the course description. SDS 101 is about the history, perspectives, trends, approaches, and contemporary issues and problems of social development. This means that we will be talking about not just the theories and models, pati na rin ho yung application ng mga teoryang ito in actual cases, particularly in national and community development problems in our country. At the end of the course, students must be able to first identify yung paglago ng social development as an area of concern and how it is different from other models and paradigms in development. Second, we would like to discuss what are the different perspectives in social development and also to demonstrate na merong iba't ibang approaches sa social development. We also want to compare social development trends within the human ecological framework, particularly in areas where there are human and environmental relations. Fifth, analyze issues and problems in planning and implementing social development paradigms where much of the application will come in. And last, we want to evaluate the role of social technology in social development. First, we go through the definition and the meaning of development. As we said, development is a very contentious topic. Oftentimes, when you look at writers, when you look at policymakers, and most importantly, for people in the community, development is perceived differently. Ibayo po tayo ng pananaw o ng pagtingin kung ano ba ang ibig sabihin ng development o kung ano ba ang ibig sabihin ng pagunlad. According to Joseph Stiglitz, sinabi niya na ang development is the transformation of society, a movement from traditional relations, traditional ways of thinking, traditional ways of dealing with health and education, traditional methods of production to modern ways, no? or to more modern ways. Sa development na definition na binigay ni Stiglitz, makikita natin na hindi lamang uh, models of production. No? Yung makikita natin, hindi lamang materialistic yung perspective ng development. Pero makikita rin natin sa binigay na definition ni Stiglitz, nakapaloob po dito 
yung pagbabago ng society, yung pagbabago ng kultura. Normally, ito po yung mga immaterial na aspeto ng development. So, makikita po natin that development is a multidimensional process. Hindi lamang po ito, as sinabi po natin, hindi lamang po ito material, kundi karamihan po dito, makikita natin ay meron ding cultural paradigm, no? Or may cultural change na nangyayari. Kaya nga po ang sabi ni Todaro, Development involves also yung pagbabago ng mga social structures or ano po ba yung relationship sa pagitan ng tao at ng gobyerno o yung mga istruktura sa loob ng pamilya, ano ang role ng babae, ano ang role ng anak, ano ang role ng asawa. Ganon din po ang mga popular attitudes at ang ating mga national institutions. to the copyright law of the Philippines. It is a multidimensional process. So, sinabi po natin dito rin sa Kaitodaro na ang development also entails the acceleration of economic growth, yung pagbaba ng inequality, at ganun din yung reduction ng absolute poverty. Malalaman po natin ang mga konsepto na ito as we move on later on sa lecture. Merong iba't ibang definition ng development at sinasabi nga po dito na almost every writer has a different definition of development and more importantly I think different persons kung magtanong ka sa community ano ba yung ibig sabihin ng pag-unlad? Merong sasabihin na ang pag-unlad ay kailangan gumanda ang trabaho ko or naging mas masaya kami or mas naging satisfied kami sa buhay namin. So even when you go to communities, iba-iba po ang definition ng pag-unlad at nagre-reflect din po ito sa iba't ibang perspektiba ng ating mga manunulat at ating mga pantas pagdating sa definition ng development. But it's very important to distinguish between development as a state or a condition, which means that development is static, o yung isang conception of development as a process or course of change, which means that ang development ay dynamic. Kung titignan niyo po itong dalawang definition, very important siya na makita natin yung paggugrupo no, ng iba't ibang definition. Yung una, pag sinabi natin static, it talks about the condition at present. And whether a country, a community, or individual meets those conditions for them to be uh, considered na isang developed or isang underdeveloped. For example po, Tignan natin ang gross domestic product. Pwedeng sabihin kung wari that the economy that is around 20,000 US dollars in terms of GDP per capita is considered to be a rich country. But if a country is below 20,000 US dollars, then it is considered as not a rich country, right? So it means that there is a standard definition of what constitutes development and what is measured is the level at present. That's why it is a condition at present. Yun po ang ibig sabihin when we talk about development as a state. There's only one point in time. This is in contrast with development as a process. When we say as a process or course of change, it can be encapsulated in the idea that there is a point A and there is a point B. For example, in 1990, the economy of the Philippines, our gross domestic product, is around 100 billion US dollars. And it changed in 2020, for example, that it's now 300 billion US dollars. These are hypothetical examples. But it stands that 
there is a movement from 100,000 US dollars to 100 million US dollars to 300 million dollars billion dollars in a span of 30 years. Right? So there is a change from point A to point B from 1990 to 2020 and the process of that change on how the Philippines developed during that time difference is what encapsulates the idea of development as a process or as a course of change. Now, it's very important to understand these two distinctions between development as a state and development as a process because later on, we can critique, we can judge a definition of development whether they're, uh, they explain the whole reality of development or they are insufficient in explaining the idea of development. And it is important for us, particularly UP students, to be critical on this matter. Now, the meaning of development um, is not purely economic. Uh, it's not just an economic phenomenon, but rather a multidimensional process involving reorganization and reorientation of entire economic and human system. When we talk about the development, not just an economic phenomenon, it means po na meron tayong pagbabago. For example, in the economic system, the way in which, for example, the kind of economic makeup that a country has. So usually, in a poor economy, mataas ang black market, hindi organized ang, ang, ang klase ng market, hindi rin mataas ang value ng mga produkto. Karamihan siguro ay raw materials. But as the country develops, the products become more sophisticated. For example, the, the products right now has become electronic, digital, and a lot of them are using yung malaki yung value added because it requires more brain power to be able to produce. And even the quality of social systems, right? So before, the social systems napakabagal ng healthcare. But when they became developed, hindi lang bumilis, but it became more accessible. So when we talk about development, there is a reorganization and a reorientation of economic and social system. Development also includes the improvement of the quality of human lives where there are three equally important aspects according to Todaro. The Todaro's three objectives of development includes one, raising people's levels, uh, living levels, and these includes income, consumption, levels of food, medical services, education through relevant growth processes, and the like. And when you look at the first objective stated by Todaro, this can be quantified. Right? For example, income. You can measure income. Pwede mo rin i-measure yung level of consumption o yung level ng dami ng pagkain na iniintake sa isang araw o yung availability and access of medical services. So it talks about the fulfillment of the material needs ng tao. Yung pangalawa naman is a little bit more difficult to quantify. According to Todoro, it's about creating conditions conducive to the growth of people's self-esteem through the establishment of social, political, and economic systems and institutions which promote human dignity and respect. Now, in this regard, it is quite difficult to measure because how do you measure self-esteem? How do you measure people's enlarged appreciation of their dignity and newfound respect no? for their, themselves and for others? But still, I think it is very important because here, 
what you can see is that development is not just material, but these are the immaterial aspects of development, where people's view of themselves have also increased, right? Where their understanding of their own rights has also increased. Kaya minsan, very important, no? when we talk about development, if we follow Todoro's thought, to actually consider human rights, for example, as important indicator of development. And third, I think is quite interesting, according to Todoro, it's also about increasing people's freedom to choose by enlarging their choice variables. So, the third point is actually related to the first two points, in a way that first, when you give people more um, choices, no? uh, be, more choices because they, you fulfill their human needs, it also increases their freedom. For example, there is an increase in income. So people now can choose more options when it comes to the kind of food that they can buy. So kung dati sardinas lang, ngayon pwede na silang mag-adobo pwede na kumain ng apritada, ng tortang talong. They have more options because the human capacity or the material capacity has been fulfilled. No? For example, income. The second part and it's the second objective in its relation to the third objective is quite more complicated. But at the same time, I think it's very important because if we talk about increasing the choice variables or the freedom of people no, in development, it means that if we relate it to second part, that if people have increased appreciation of their dignity and respect for themselves and for others, they can also demand better quality governance. They can also demand the kind of political leaders that would respect their human rights, that would respect their ability to choose, that would respect value for their lives, that they can demand better services deserving of them, no? uh, of, of a human being. They can deserve, demand for a more humane government. So in a way, when you look at uh, Todoro's objectives of development, hindi lang nakakumpine yung understanding ng development sa uh, material means. Pero makikita natin that there are the immaterials, no? and actually the immaterials uh, comprise the first, the last two uh, objectives. No? Mas marami siya compared sa material. And... This is exactly where development as a concept became contentious. Uh, when we say development must represent the entire scope of change, where an entire social system tuned in to the diverse needs and desires of individuals and social groups within the system moves away from the condition of life widely perceived as unsatisfactory and towards a situation or condition of life regarded as better, now, it is good because it talks about the complexity and the enormity of the scope of development. Pero ito rin ho yung dahilan, kaya minsan ang hirap i-define ng development. Look at the words that are highlighted in your PowerPoint slide. You can see that development presents the entire scope of change. So if it's the entire scope, now how do you measure it? Right? So some people would say, ah, we have to include GDP per capita 
others say maybe we should include GDP per capita but not just the nominal GDP or the actual amount in terms of dollars but we need to take into account inflation because prices vary and one dollar can buy different things in the Philippines compared to one dollar that can buy things in the US dahil magkaiba yung presyo baka mas marami kang pwedeng bilhin sa one dollar sa Pilipinas but some people are saying hindi lang dapat income uh, money, dapat siguro ilagay din natin healthcare, education human rights, etc. so that is why it becomes very contentious and at the same time the word unsatisfactory what does it mean to be satisfied right so some country some people are satisfied already when they have jobs but others demand not just jobs but quality jobs and not just quality jobs but jobs where they feel that they are respected and not just jobs that were they respected but jobs that are near to their families for example so iba-iba rin yung ibig sabihin ng satisfactory and also the perception of what is better it is more on perception also right what do we mean when we say better but some people are saying hindi there is an objective definition of what it means to be better so what we are trying to present you is that development because it is defined in this way that is why it can be defined differently by people and people do not agree on what to define development but one thing that we are also seeing is the fact that while there are different definitions of development we can group these different definitions to come up with a workable definition that we can use for policy making and there are different conditions of development so kailangan merong adequate supply of food to ensure food security there needs to be sufficient jobs for livelihood activities for the people and then particularly in this slide we are talking about what is equality what is equity and what is liberation now these different conditions of development is essential right particularly because it is debated no? what is the ultimately the goal of development it is to create is it to create a more equal society is it to create a more equitable society or is it to liberate people no? from injustice and from other things that prevent people from living a humane life now when we say equality it means giving people equal things so when you look at the picture all of them are given boxes of the same sizes even though their needs are different kaya yung maliit na nasa third hindi niya na nakita yung baseball game yung matangkad na hindi niya naman kailangan ng boxes eh binigyan siya ng box right but when you talk about equity on the other hand in the second picture it talks about giving people uh, assistance based on what they need so the small guy received two boxes because he needed it the second guy received just one boxes because that is sufficient for him to watch the baseball game and the taller guy did not need any box at all to be able to see the baseball game so equity again is about giving people things according to their needs this is in contrast the two of them equality and equity with liberation because in liberation you completely remove the gap which prevents in this case people from looking at the baseball game 
So when we apply it to social development and development in general, it's about removing the barriers that prevent people from living a humane life or from living a good life. And that includes injustice, that includes inequality, among other things. When you look at the Philippine development, if we talk about development as a progression of things into something better, do you think that the Philippines has grown in a straightforward manner? Or our growth is quite um, not very straightforward, not very uh, linear. Uh, so when you look at this uh, on your slide, you can see that there has been fluctuations in Philippine economic growth. Of course, in 1986, we experienced EDSA and then ex an extreme fall in 1992 with Kudeta and a lot of um, a lot of the problems that we've experienced with the brownouts, right? The blackouts in Manila, if your parents and you yourselves, uh, maybe you're not alive yet at the time, but your parents might have experienced it. And then in 1998, we experienced another fluctuation with the Asian financial crisis, and then in 2009 with the global financial crisis. So we can see that there are deep dives in the Philippine economy, as you can see. But the major question remains is, bakit kaya hindi straightforward yung pag-unlad natin? Bakit kaya fluctuating? Bakit kaya hindi tayo nagkakaroon ng momentum when it comes to growth? So these are very important questions that maybe you can take into account as we move into the course and as you move uh, to UP and as you move into your professional life. Now we go to the historical models of development to find a little bit of answer to some of those questions, right? So it's very important to look into the historical model because development in itself is affected by history. But in this case, it's not just development being affected by history, but how the historical context in itself shapes the way in which people perceive development and perceive what is the goal and objective of development. The first model is the economic model and it immediately happened after World War II. So economic model usually talks about GDP, talks about the accumulation of capital and material wealth. So kaya ang measure of development dito ay laging GDP, GDP per capita. Because the context at the time is that when Europe was destroyed, they had to rebuild Europe and they had to inject capital and bring back the production uh, and services into the economy. Right? So it's heavily economic and material in nature. And this changed with the social model because with the social model, they realize that after the economic activities that came up in Europe after the war, there, is, there have been winners and losers in this newfound economic activity after the war. Merong mga haves and have-nots at merong mga nagbe-benefit at hindi nagbe-benefit. So, they are now focused on those people who have been marginalized by physical development immediately preceding after the war. And then there is a po the political model which emerged out of the, uh, the demands to be liberated from colonial control because we know after World War II what happened was the independence of many countries in the Third World 
right, including the Philippines, which have been independent in 1946. So it's about freedom from colonial control and libera- liberation from imperialist expansionism. And then the post-colonial model, which is related to the political model, it's about finding a development approach that is fitting to the needs of a certain country or a certain nation. Because we need to again look back. In the old model, in the colonial model, the development was tailored to enrich the colonial masters. But when you have the post-colonial model and after the independence of these countries, these new in, newly independent countries were looking for ways to develop their own country with now under the control of the locals or the indigenous uh, people, right? So, uh, indigenous, not the tribes, no? but indigenous are the local people who came from, from their countries, right? To the, the local uh, people. And it also gave birth, no? because it's particularly the kind of approach that wants to tailor it to the needs of their country. It gave birth to the environmental protection movement, to women empowerment movement, etc. So I'd like to focus in this table on historical models of development. When you look at the way in which, for example, the economy was viewed, as we said, in the economic model, it's more on capital accumulation. In the social model, no. We don't just need to accumulate capital, but we have to distribute it fairly because there has been a lot of inequality that is happening. But in the political model, it talks about transformation. Transformation because for the longest time, again, right, there needs to be a transformation of, of the economy because for the longest time it has been under colonial control and we need to be able to bring back control to the locals and in turn in the post-colonial model it opened for participation it they took it a little bit forward to enable the participation of the people so that you can tailor development based on the needs of the local communities right and you can see from these cases um, in, in, in this table, they have different perspectives on how to approach uh, politics, how to approach culture, how to approach transformation, health, and etc. Which I think gives us an understanding that when you look at development, they have been perceived differently in different periods and by different theories because they are rooted in the context of the time. I think that's the purpose why we've shown this table. And another thing that we need to understand as we move on with the course are some of the key concepts in development because you will be talking about community development, sustainable development, human environment uh, issues, Uh, in the community and uh, at the national level. So we have to at least have a grasp of the basic concepts that we will be discussing in the course. And one of the very important concepts that we have to discuss is the concept of poverty. And poverty is a reality. It's about a concept and a reality. It is usually uh, defined as people or a state where people lack socially or usual amount of money or material possession it is said to exist when people lack the means to satisfy 
their basic needs. So there are two crucial words that are encapsulated here. One is the usual and socially acceptable amount of money. We will go deeper into that in, when we look into the different types of poverty. But the second aspect that I think is very important is when people are unable to meet their basic needs, then that is where they are considered poor. And later on, we will go into what constitutes um, poor or not poor. But, and it's, it may be defined narrowly as those who need survival to survive and broadly as those reflecting the prevailing standards of living in the community. Mamaya, titignan po natin ito. So, some key concepts again. So, poverty according to the World Bank is the inability to attain minimal standard of living and in the world in 2015, around 10% of the world population or isa sa sampung tao sa buong mundo ay nagihirap or in extreme poverty. And when we measure extreme poverty, it means that people are living below $1.90 a day. So that's around 100 pesos. And in total, there are around 734 million people who are below extreme poverty. But when you look at global poverty rate and the number of people who are poor, this is actually decreasing. So from the 1990s, where the number of people who live below $1.90 a day, if you look at purchasing power parity, was around 1.8 to 1.9 billion people. In 2015, this has been reduced to a little over 700 million people. So there's definitely been an improvement in in, in, in the number of poor people and in the lessening those numbers. And this is where the different concepts of poverty and the types of poverty is important. So there is such a thing as absolute poverty, that $1.90 a day, where there is a fixed standard on what household should be able to uh, have in order to be considered as poor. So the $1.90 a day, there is a clear threshold. And this is usually very useful to compare poverty across communities and poverty across countries because the second definition of poverty which is relative poverty means that you can be poor but the standard of who is poor and who is not poor depends on the general standards of the community so for example if the average income in american household is around 200 thousand us dollars a year hypothetical numbers if you're earning 100,000 US dollars, even if that is not considered poor in the Philippines, or even if you have food three times a day, you may be considered poor because you are an outlier. You do not enjoy what the average people are enjoying in your country. It is good because it reflects um, the inequality that exists, or because also it reflects that there are some people who might be left behind even though they are not necessarily lacking in, in the most fundamental or most basic of necessities. But they do not enjoy what the rest of the population is enjoying. But the main problem here is that it's very difficult to define across different geographical and political um, areas, right? So, for example, it's very difficult if you use relative poverty to compare poverty rates across the world. So that is how absolute and relative poverty are different from each other. 
And then I think it's very important to also discuss the concept of Gini coefficient. So we will look into the definition of GDP later on and the formulae. But when you look at Gini coefficient, it measures the level of inequality that there is in a country. Because it is possible that some societies have very high per capita GDP, but they're not equally distributed. Later on, we will go through the formula for GDP and see bakit kaya hindi nakikita ng yung inequality in, in the general uh, understanding of poverty if we just use the GDP lens. Okay? There's also another concept which is economic growth. It talks about increase in total output of goods and services in an economy through time. Right? So, the amount of goods and services are usually measured every year and when you look at it, it is measured per year. So, gaano kalaki yung change o gaano kalaki yung naging pagbabago. And then, there is a concept of learned helplessness which I think is also very important in understanding poverty. Uh, the concept of learned helplessness, I think it is best represented with a mindset na Mahirap yung nanay ko, mahirap yung lola ko, mahirap mga ninuno ko, mahirap na rin ako. So, the concept of learned helplessness is when people feel that they cannot escape a situation, presumably because it has learned that it cannot control the situation. And uh, based on historical reference, that poverty is so um, pervasive in the family and in society that there is no possibility of improvement. So, a lot of people think that poverty cannot be escaped anymore. And that is usually the concept of learned helplessness. And then there's another concept that I think is very important to learn. And that is foreign direct investment. It's where a major investment by a foreign corporation in a country. So, if economic development or economic, just focus on solely economic uh, conceptions of development, it's about accumulation right? of material needs or so accumulation of material wealth or accumulation of cash accumulation of capital so having a foreign entity investing in your country means that you have an outside asset or outside capital coming into your country and adding an amount into your your economy so that is one way in which it helps economy grow so one of the biggest um, topics right now on foreign direct investment is the government finally allowing some foreign ownership. They want to change the constitution. And of course, Dito, yeah, Telecom, Dito is owned uh, 40 to 50% by China and they want to be a third player in the Philippines. Is it good or bad? Uh, you have to do your research and look at it, right? So, many economists believe that foreign direct investment is good for the economy because it provides jobs and increases domestic capital. But is it true or is it not true? We'll figure out uh, as we move along with the course. And there are different dimensions of development. There is economic development, there is human development, there is sustainable development, and there is territorial development. So, in economic development, um, it talks about the capacity of the national economy, whose initial condition has been more or less static for a long time, to generate and sustain an annual increase of around 5 to 7% or more. So that's around the ideal 
economic growth, no? the 5.7%. But in economic development, one thing that is important is, as I said repeatedly uh, earlier, is really the accumulation of capital. Uh, that is why GDP is counted as such. And um, there are different interpretations of how economic development should be pursued or how does it happen. So one of them is by Champetier in 1911 who came up with um, the idea that economic systems evolved through subsequent equilibria, right? which introduced innovations rather where development no, pursued uh, a different path rather than a predetermined one. So it's quite a mouthful. But ang ibig sabihin lang yun is that development requires transformation. And this transformation, according to Champetier, is usually a movement from a less efficient way or less productive way of doing things into a more productive one. So for example, in agriculture, if it used to be in the past that you are just doing mano-mano sa pagpitas ng gulay at sa pag-harvest ng gulay, you introduce machines that actually harvest in large scale and it became more efficient. So when there is a replacement from an old mano-mano system in harvesting to mechanization, where, which is more efficient, so that is where you say that there has been an improvement because there is something disruptive or a creative destruction according to Champetier. There has been new practices that uh, are introduced into the economy and that is how an economy improves. And there is that process of creative destruction where old ways of doing things na hindi productive is replaced by newer ones. And then you have the endogenous growth model which highlights how investment and human activities have spillover effects on knowledge. This is by Romer. Then, in contrast to economic development, is human development, right? And human development has been adopted by the United Nations Development Program. Uh, some of the key proponents here are Mahmoud Al-Haq and uh, Amartya Sen. So there are three criteria, and the first one is to have a long and healthy life, which is measured by life expectancy at birth, knowledge, which is measured by mean school years of schooling, and expected years of schooling, and decent standards of living, which is measured by <coughs> gross income per capita at purchasing parity. Now, one thing that I think is very important in this human development concepts is that when you look at these three definitions, they're quite subjective. So how do you measure long and healthy life? Long and healthy. How do you measure decent standard of living? How do you measure knowledge, for example? What they did is to come up with indicators that can be quantified. So, for example, gross income per capita to, to suffice for decent standards of living. So, you can capture that and you can quantify that, right? Na yung income, for example. But that is an attempt no, to create a more varied um, definition of development, uh, not just varied, but actually a more comprehensive um, understanding of development by looking at different variables and not just capital accumulation. Uh, the problem though, and some criticisms here, is that even if you have now varied and more thorough and, how do you say it, more um, variety in terms of the components of what constitutes development, a lot of them are still materialistic in nature because, for example, 
when you say decent standard of living, is it just about gross income per capita? Or there are other definitions of what constitutes decent standard of living, right? Okay. So the gross national income is the total amount of money earned by a nation's people and businesses. Okay. And then you have two important things, which is the gross national product and the gross domestic product. The gross national product is a measure of value of goods and services produced by a country's residents and businesses regardless if they're here in the Philippines or if they're not. Basta gawa ng Pinoy. Okay? Gross domestic products are all the goods and services that are produced in a country in a country within its territory regardless if it's by a foreigner or it is by a Filipino. So, ito ay gawa sa Pilipinas. So, again, the main difference, GNP, gawa ng Pinoy, regardless of where the Pinoy is. Gross domestic product, gawa sa Pilipinas, regardless of who made it, Pinoy man or hindi. Okay? And usually, they are the same in terms of their components or variables. So, it includes consumption, investment, government expenditure, and you have the net export, which is value of imports minus value of exports, right? And uh, net income, the net income inflow from abroad minus the net income outflow to foreign countries. And normally, you divide it by population to come up with GDP per capita. And this is where, kanina binalikan natin when we're talking about Gini coefficient. What is the um, flaw? of using GDP per capita simply as a measure of development. Because if you add these different components, the consumption, investment, government expenditure, net exports, and usually you can add also net income, but normally it is not added. But if you add these these different variables and you divide it by population, the assumption is, the assumption, what do you think? <laughs> the assumption is when you divide it, it is equal. Right? equally divided across all the people and it's not exactly the case right in the Philippines particularly okay and then there is the concept of sustainable development so in sustainable development it is the kind of development that meets the needs of the present without compromising the ability of the future generation to meet their own needs um, and there are different pillars social environmental economic and now there are cultural pillars and political pillars even so the sustainable development is just about the kind of development that you protect the resources the culture uh, and the people as well actually so that you'll be able to conserve them and enable the future generation to also enjoy and reap the benefits from those uh, it talks about heavily on intergenerational justice because it doesn't just care about the now but also the present and even it extends to non-living things as you will figure out later on in your sustainability science and then there's territorial development it focuses on the assets of the territory its potentials and its constraints and there are different development paradigms so hindi lang yun yung mga diniscuss natin you can look into the free market trickle-down growth-led pro-poor, low-wage industry-led. There's also such a thing as rural development, FDI-based, 
immigration-based, exhaustible resource export-led. So these are different development paradigms, which brings to the fore the fact that development has been approached differently throughout time. So kung babalikan lang po natin yung objectives for our lecture, First, we defined and tried to understand the various definitions of development and we know that development cannot be defined because there are different definitions of development that are there, different views on what its objectives are and conditions, but at the same time we need to pursue a workable definition of development and we presented some of those workable definitions. And then the second point, we tried to understand the concepts related to the study of development, such as poverty, learned helplessness, GDP, etc. And we tried to also discuss the different dimensions of development, that it's not just economic, but there's also a lot of immaterial aspects of development, and even not just immaterial at the present, but also even future thinking no? uh, as encapsulated in sustainable development. So thank you very much for listening. We will be moving on to the theories of development next meeting. So I hope you'll be able to read other materials that are available on Google Classroom and stay tuned for updates on our Facebook. And some of us faculty members are looking into or just using Google Classroom or any other LMS that are provided by your faculty in charge. Thank you very much and have a great day.